1: Hello and welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about lore in our favorite video games and other media as well. I'm your host, Joe Perez, one of several lore-focused folks from Blizzard Watch, and I've got my marvelous co-host with me today, Matt Rossi. How are you doing today, Matt?
0: I'm getting really tired of lightning randomly hitting me every time I say an amalgamation of various gods' names. You know, that's
1: fair. We probably should stop that. But, you know, we probably won't. <laughs> Well we today we are going to be answering your questions from our wonderful listeners that you are uh, if you have questions for this or any of our podcasts I want you to go ahead and be sure to send those into Uh if you have a discord handle and you're on our discord and you are a patreon supporter you can go ahead and submit those questions to our patreon Q and podcast questions channel and if you're not a patreon supporter and you still want to hit that discord you can hit us up on our Q and podcast questions channel. The only thing we ask is that you specify what show it is for. Uh, you can use abbreviations. You can spell it out. Uh, you can put caveats in there that Matt and I have to thumb wrestle for them. Uh, whatever you want, as long as we know where they, the intention is for them to go.
0: I mean, that's not really fair to you. I have freakishly huge thumbs.
1: It's true. I mean, so do I, technically, uh, which we were comparing in Guild the other day. Not that This is just a random aside, uh, because we were t- talking about how people do keybinds in-game. Uh, And because I'm a guitar player and I have been for a long time, my left hand stretches freakishly long. Like it is I can hit like an octave and a half almost. It is it is weird, but that's not what people are here for. <laughs> uh, instead, let's get right into these questions. The first one comes from Powerslave. Uh firstly, I want to say thank you for years of your podcast, longtime listener, new supporter. Well, thank you for listening to us for years, and thank you for joining us as a supporter. Just leveled a shadow priest, and I was wondering, given the history of the Black Dragonflight have with the Void and Old Gods, how do you think they would view these champions who wield the power that corrupted Neltharion? That's a good question. How do you think the rest of the Dragon's Field. Not not just, I mean, there's two sort of, I don't want to say negative forces, but there are two, three really now, dark forces that sort of are champions. You have your Shadow Priests, you have your Warlocks, and now you have Void Elves. Matt, how do you think Dragonkind really would react to that in not a game mechanics standpoint, but like, you know, if they were to come across this?
0: I mean... I honestly don't know how they would react to it. Would they react particularly negatively? I don't know. Because I don't know how, in in the minds of people around, I don't know how how solid the connection is between the Void and what a Shadow Priest does. Like, I don't know if if people know that that's the same thing. Or even if it is the same thing. Uh, Because Shadow and the Void Lords and Void, like capital V Void, versus, you know, the Shadow Magic, is it the same thing? Is it coming from the same place? Is it necessarily connected? I mean, there's a lot of stuff now that Shadow Priests do that's pretty heavily connected to the Old Gods and the Void Lords, but for a long time, if you played a Shadow Priest, you just were using Shadow. You know what I mean? Like, there was a long period of time in World of Warcraft where there was no special connection between them. At least not one anyone knew about.
1: That's fair. Um,
0: And whilst you might expect the dragons to know it, possibly that's actually one of the reasons why they, you know, didn't fare very well. Is that they didn't have that knowledge? That it wasn't something that they were. I mean, of all of them, the only one who did any research into it to find a way to protect his own kind was Rathion You know, he was the one who actually came up with a way to block the void from from uh, others to to help insulate them from it. Like the rest of the dragons didn't seem to really understand even what they were dealing with. Do you think and that's-, that's the same thing with Galacron too? If you think about it, they never really seemed to grasp the concept. What was going on?
1: Do you think that's an artifact of how dragons are sort of, uh, in, due to their creation and how they were elevated from proto drakes uh, into what we know as the dragon flights? Because of that process of order, because that's another thing that I, that titans seem to have a hard, uh, hard time like conceptualizing. Well, yeah,
0: you look at what the titans did with the uh, um, Yashraj. all dear,
1: all dear, yeah, yeah.
0: Now, Yashraj is bad enough, but that's at least. They they literally had never seen these things before, so it was understandable that he was like, "Well, let's just squash one." Oh, geez, no, it wasn't good. Um, but when they built Aldia and set Mother to researching, it's like y- you approached it in an orderly way, and that's great. You know, science loves to, to have its rules and its its you know observations and so forth, but. You, you didn't manage to, like, keep from... You, you, you needed much stronger protocols on isolation from the thing you're trying to study. Um, it seems like you just, you know, straight up didn't understand how dangerous it was. So, I don't know. I mean, I honestly don't know how much the the would really even understand it. I mean, they allow warlocks, and and is it... You know, warlocks summon void entities... You know, they yeah. summon like those void elemental guys. They're not doing that because they're particularly chummy with the void. They're doing it because, well, it's there and I can summon it. So why not? I mean, if I remember correctly, and I've not done it because I've never played a warlock past level six, but the warlock green fire quest talks a lot about how a lot of the stuff that warlocks use to summon things is actually Titan command words. Like it's, it's literally, this is this word that you, that summons demons actually doesn't summon them the way you think it does it angers them and they come to investigate it Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's similar it's the binding to- it's the magic that was used to bind them
1: yeah i was so going to they- say cuz it's 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 similar it's based off of uh kind of what uh, originally started with the the uh, prison right that um uh why can't i think of Garris? what he was originally starting to do and everything else like yeah. that like when he built the
0: prison they used the kind of magic to bind yeah them. yeah so it and it it's interesting like- to think about like you know how, you know, the dragons don't seem to have much of a problem with that. So why don't they, you know, why don't they like freak out over shadow priest? Maybe they don't know if they should, you know, for all of their power and their knowledge, there are some things that, you know, maybe the idea of somebody trafficking with the void almost seems absurd to them, which is weird though, because, because they the oh, dragons. No, no, hold on, hold on. Because they're such long-lived animals, creatures, mm. what do you want to call them? The, the, they know those things exist, Like, especially the Bronze Dragonflight uh, knows that the Void exists. But the idea that that human over there who is like making things dark and, and hurting people with magic, lots of people hurt things with magic. That's, you know, sure, okay. Uh, but the idea that that person is directly communing with an old god would seem like, why would you do that? You know, look at how off guard they were caught by by Neltharion. Even like when they confronted him again after ten thousand years, after the War of the Ancients, when he betrayed everybody, they confronted him again, and they still were on the back foot. They still didn't really seem to understand what was going on. They tried to reason with him.
1: Yeah, which I mean, it seems to be like the modus operandi because I mean that's what happened with like Akramar and Sargeras, right? Like
0: that—that yeah. sort it, of it's a also I, I don't want to. It also is what happens down to the to macro level. If you look at like a uh, oh I can't remember his name, but the the dragon is pretending to be a dwarf, not pretending to, but his visage is a Ver- dwarf. Veristraus. Yeah, he talks about like his his you know, his clutch mate that he you know his his family was like her family and they like you know they were loved they loved each other and then she turned and murdered them and he just couldn't get his head wrapped around it. It feels like they have a real blind spot for this. It's it's like and it might be because of what you said. It might be because they've been, for lack of a better word, inoculated with order, but also- they're inherently <clears throat> orderly beings that that reach to that. They try and think of these things logically. I'm just you know, it, it's one possibility. Yeah. I don't really know.
1: Well, there's a couple things that, that this question made me think about, too, and, it's, and, and it sort of makes a little bit of sense like there are things that sort of use fell, right? Like we know warlocks tap into that, at least in some capacity, whether they're subjugating uh, demons, tapping into it for via spells or whatever the case is. And they sort of know how that sort of fell works. Like what I, I don't, not, not exactly maybe, but they've had enough interaction with it. and I think enough record of it that they know that it corrupts the land. They know that it, perverts life and and sort of is a blight, yet they don't seem to really react to mortals wielding with it. Now, something you said may be the reason for it. They may actually already understand all this. They may understand the implications. They may understand the danger of it. But you mentioned that they're a long-lived species. Mortals typically are not. Most mortals don't have an extended period of life. Even the night elves needed to have things that granted them immortality or well, a long term. Well, you know, that's
0: that's fair, but even without immortality, elves live thousands of years.
1: They do, but what does that compare with a dragon?
0: I mean I don't know. I don't know how long we, a dragon lives. We do. has clearly lived for a very long time. Senegos has been around for a very long time and mm-hmm. he's not even an aspect. So it's possible that to dragons even even elves seem like children.
1: Right. And that's what maybe and maybe it's they it's dangerous, but we don't have to worry about long-term implication because they'll just burn themselves out. And that sounds rather callous, but when you live that long, when you when you have such a a different worldview, it does sort of have the potential to shift your perspective. Uh, maybe not always for the better, and you may not always realize it, that it's shifting in such a regard. Some of them you would expect, and the reason I bring this up is because a lot of them you would expect would have strong feelings about it. Alex Straza and Ysera in particular, and their flights are attuned to sort of the life wavelength of of things, more or less. And I'm oversimplifying this for folks at home. Just kind of bear with me here. So you would expect that things that sort of pervert life, destroy life or break down life, they'd be sensitive to. And we've seen that they have been in the past, Um, but yet they don't seem to be reacting to player characters that do that is that a conscious choice uh the bronze dragonflight in particular knows that the void and 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 that there's temptation there that there's corruption there in particular because of the infinite dragonflight if nothing else often attributed to the void or a deal made uh with an entity of the void we don't know if that's true or not but that's that's what we've been told for years you would expect that they feel strongly about that too with other beings making deals with the void or trucking with the void it's it's fascinating because it's never really reacted to or mentioned in game or books the hero is just the hero i actually kind of wish we would see something about that like you know that you are burning yourself alive from the inside out because you keep like messing with fell energy right or that void will consume you you understand this correct like i'm just making sure you're making an informed decision because they seem to like us, or is it just we're tools for them? There's there's a lot that could be going on here, but there are no in-game reactions that I know of, and nothing in books. I can't think of any. Can you?
0: I don't think of any book that they particularly have anything where you know dragons other than saying Altharian talk about the void in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, uh, just isn't something that seems to come up a ton. Like yeah. there's that the one that uh, has the the Draenei priest, but she's like a straight up light priest. She's not doing anything with shadow so yeah but mm-hmm. really i don't and that one's got uh caligos in it but you know he's he doesn't do much <laughs>
1: he calgos does Caligos things but yeah maybe maybe we'll see something about that after things i don't want to say calm down uh but after we're done dealing with what we're dealing with on the dragon isles and the dragons are actually settling back into their way of life or, or whatever the case is maybe we can finally get something where the dragons who for a long time i think in the story wise as well they've been sort of removed from mortal affairs for a while now at this point. Uh like we've done some stuff and we've definitely interacted with them in some capacity over the course of the last two expansions, but outside of like Yesera in Shadowlands and maybe stealing one of the uh the bodies of a of a red dragon, we really didn't do a whole lot with them. They sort of were kind of licking their wounds and sort of kind of off to the side, right? Ratheon is and and uh i'm ever sorry man it has been a weird day uh but they're really the ones that we interacted with the most over the last two expansions outside of like Ysera's spirit so they haven't really had a chance to interact with us in game for a while so maybe we'll get something more maybe we won't i don't know but i think it'd be an interesting space to expand the story but i think we're going to move on to the next one there uh which is from m.a martin I just found a third item in the Sakara vaults to bring back or to bring back to Varaxian and Veristraz, a.k.a. the red dragon you sit and listen to at the Ruby Life pools. They have some pretty interesting conversation about these finds, including an interesting perspective on how the black flight used to be. I love what is happening in the storyline and would love to hear our dear lore masters takes on it. Have you done a lot with bringing back the uh, the items that you find in the, the vault to Varaxian and Veristraz? I have not. So the way that it works for anybody who hasn't done it, when you do go into the vaults, you'll find, uh, and I'm air quoting here, relics, dragon relics. Vraxion is really interested in the history of, in particular, the black dragon flight, which makes sense. The black dragons have largely been estranged from their, their history. Uh, the ones in outland have not really dealt with their Azerothian cousins or brothers and sisters, uh, they haven't really been part of dragon society for a very, very long time partially because of what happened with Neltharion but also partially just because he, I mean, let's be honest Sabellian knew that if he were to bring his Dragonflight back, there'd probably be an immediate war or backlash right? They chose their moment and that's sort of like the Sibelian storyline is they chose their moment to come back and yes, it was when the beacon was lit, but they also knew that if the beacon was lit, you know I, I'm assuming Sibelian is smart enough to make the assumption that the other dragons have other things on their mind, and now we can we, we can probably answer this call. Um, but you bring stuff back, and Vraxian is excitable about everything. Every little tiny thing you find in one piece in the vaults, and you bring back, and Verastraz goes through, and he starts explaining the simplicity of... Of these things, whether it's a game piece or something that they used to use for cooking or uh, what they used to use for science or learning or experimentation. And at first, Varaxian, you, you know, he's looking for like relics of power and things of important or maybe Titan relics and, and things that will show us how important our flight was to everybody. And he gets really disappointed. But as you find more stuff, Varaxian sort of calms down, not entirely because he's still an excitable child, more or less. But he starts to understand the importance of what you're actually bringing back. And it's Veristras that's doing so by explaining what are these mundane things, but doing it through the lens of a dragon who lived in a time of peace when all the flights were united through the time of strife, when the Black Dragon flights turned on the rest of the Dragon flights and splintered their their family. And then moving forward with, you know, these are the, for lack of a better term, the good memories. These are the things that we used to do. These are the things that we used to do together. These are the things that we used to find fun and and enriching in bringing us together as a people. Which I think is really important because with the dragons we forget oftentimes that they have they had a society. They had family. They had personalities and lives, and we often view them as just protectors of Azeroth or these creatures of immense power and they absolutely are, but at the same time they they're, the core the the seed of them is very similar to us. They want to have families, they want to live lives, they want to perform their tasks that they were essentially programmed to do, tend to their their various flights uh, particular niches. They don't necessarily always want to be the protectors and at war and everything else. And you get to see that through Verastraza's eyes when these these small items, and I think it's a really nice humanizing touch to them. It makes the dragons a lot more compelling as a uh, interacting species with us. You know, they're not just another Titan forts, They're not just another uh, you know super powerful being. It's like yeah, they they used to play like soccer essentially uh, or rugby. They used to you know, have music recitals because they liked art and they liked music. Uh, They used to love, you know, experimenting with like simple, simple things or, or cutting gems or, you know, sometimes they had a rock collection. It's all sorts of little cool things. And it's something that I I recommend if you don't want to go in the vaults for any other reason, going in and finding those items for those little Varaxian and Veristra's moments is very rewarding and it's, it really feeds into what Matt and I were talking about at the beginning of the expansion when you first get to meet Veristra's and he talks to you about everything that happened you know how their lives changed and gives you this 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 very grounded view of everything because don't forget like this all happened thousands of years ago right even the events of uh, cataclysm and 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 dealing with deathwing like, while that's recent, that's the groundwork of stuff that's been laid laid in, in place for years and years and years and years. Generations have come and gone, and it's it's a nice refresher to sort of have that grounded, not in myth, but somebody who was there. So they're nice little moments. And and Matt, I highly recommend if you ever feel so inclined, I think you should do that.
0: I probably will. It's just that I haven't actually been doing a ton in WoW right now. I'm kind of in that weird place where we're so close to the next patch that I'm kind of waiting I don't know how else to put it. Plus, I've been sick. Uh, So, I mean, maybe this week I might get to do more with it, but I just haven't been able to lately. Which is fair.
1: All right, let's move on to our next one then. Uh, This one comes from Bad Crumble. Warlords of Draenor was a controversial expansion in no small part due to the role of time travel in the narrative. If Blizzard were to use this trope again in a future storyline, be it for a patch or expansion... Do you think there is anything Blizzard can or should do in order to make the scenario more palatable or believable for the player base? And if Blizzard did give a time travel expansion another shot, what era of WoW's history would be the most satisfying to you personally to visit? Given the relative prominence of the Bronze Infinite Dragonflight this expansion, the idea of another long-spanning time travel storyline doesn't seem as unlikely as it once did. Matt, do you have opinions on this?
0: Well, yeah, of Adrenaline wasn't a time travel expansion.
1: No, it was a uh, alternate universe. It was an alternate
0: one. universe expansion. I I mean, it Earth. was literally like an Earth Two. If you've ever read comic books, it was like you know going to Earth Two, where events happen slightly differently. I mean, they're not very different, but there's still differences, like the whole thing where Grom's uh, you know wife didn't survive to have Garrosh, uh, and uh, bloody heck, uh, Shadow Moon guy Nerzul, uh, Nerzul's wife didn't die. And thus he wasn't, te- you know, there wasn't any, you know, dead wife to use to tempt him into doing dumb things. So they just went straight with gold on from the start, uh, things like that. It, and so, I think a lot of the problem is, is that I'm just going to come out and say my controversial thing that will annoy people. People are way too afraid of time travel stories. They're too afraid that it doesn't make sense. That they don't understand what's happening. It's like you don't actually have to know all that's happening or understand it all perfectly. That's not the issue. When someone's doing a time travel story or even a story where it's kind of a time travel story. You don't actually have to worry this much about it. And people get really tense about it. Um, I don't know why I think maybe it's Dr. Who's fault, but I'm not sure how, uh, I just know from my own experience that like, I had no problem understanding anything that was going on in warlords in terms of, you know, these are not the people we knew. They look like them, They've lived much the same lives. They're certainly similar to the people we knew, uh, but they're not exactly the same person. Um, just like, for instance, we were fighting Gul'dan in on Draenor in Warlords of Draenor, whilst our Gul'dan got his head ripped off and turned into a knickknack by demons. You know, they were not the same guy. And our Gul'd, you know, the Gul'dan from that Draenor, even like was even frustrated dealing with it—the fact that everyone thought he was that other Gul'dan like no no that wasn't me I, I didn't get my head ripped off by demons i know what i'm doing um so i think that that's the first thing to get over is it wasn't a time travel expansion in the first place it was a time traveler tried to do it it was somebody using the time ways to to find another place that was similar to it but it wasn't like going back in time to when that happened on our world it was, like,
1: uh, it was more like it was more like Back to the Future two, where or like, sliders or sliders, like uh, you ever where watch sliders,
0: it's very much like sliders,
1: very splintered, re- like fractured reality. It's it's I uh, believe it's called string theory. Um, it's been a while since I've I've gone down that rabbit hole, but it's the idea that every time a decision is made, it generates an alternate split, and that's sort of why that's, the blar- that's not string theory. they not string theory.
0: Whatever it's it's the it's the alternate universe hypothesis. There uh, you string, go. String theory is just that you know all the dimensions are actually bundled up around our re- reality and like tightly little wound things, of, similar to like a string around a thing. Blah blah. It's 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 not the same thing, but regardless. Sure.
1: Thank you, Matt. But like the point is like
0: yeah, if you ever read Michio Kaku's hypertime, he actually has some really cool stuff about this. But anyway, <laughs> uh, getting back to it, uh, basically, if they want to do a time travel story, I think what they need to do is do it so that people are are comforted by the fact that it's time travel, that that it doesn't make them, because people kept trying to figure out if this is, ta- you know, why is it different? Why are there differences? Because, and, you know, the idea that because it's not time travel didn't really get across. People, there are places where it said, like, for instance, uh, Kairos there even says to Garage, she's like, this is not the same world. It's very similar, but it's like, you know, if you have a field of grass and a few, a few, uh, threads of grass are broken you're not going to know what that is you're not going to necessarily look at that huge field of grass and be like oh it's completely different no it's still basically the same there's a few changes but they're they're easily ignored they're small so yeah i I think that that's the first thing you need to do is to make sure people understand the, the 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 narrative stakes and what's actually happening because if people are so busy thinking it's a time travel story they're never going to look at the fact that it's not and that's what you need to you need to to establish from the beginning this is what this is that would be my first thing joe
1: so time travel i think is is an interesting story element in general we've actually already seen uh some of it as in game like we've seen the caverns of time we've gone through to these pivotal events we were present at these pivotal events and if we weren't present these events wouldn't happen thus creating the paradox and uh, we
0: went to asmerloth
1: we we did we did go to Asmorloth where we but that's, that's also- another
0: example that's another example of a world that is not the same yes although it's that one seems to have been created uh, that one seems to have been created by a by a member of the bronze uh, the time walkers kind of allowing a burlock to go back in time but but we don't know for sure uh, but regardless that's that's a, yeah. another reality it's not the exact same reality if you go to Asmirof that's not very Rin. although it is Varian rin for that world you no know, it, it's what, it's like that
1: what i think it what I think would be interesting for and let's focus on the core of the the question which is how we would do a time travel or a a uh, a entire expansion or content patch released around it. I think you lean heavily into the the predestination right you lean heavily into the Bronze Dragonflight, and what their role is supposed to be, which is to take those various moments of alternate spinoff timelines and pull them back into the main timeline to make sure that everything goes according to that one particular path. I think that's when they are the most interesting, at least to me, and, and this is just my opinion. Um, you go through and you have some moments that we haven't seen yet, but that we know happen. We've seen somewhat of the War of the Ancients, a little bit, a couple times, we've gone through and... And, and done some of that. So we can we can kind of skip over that, but we can talk about the evolution of trolls and elves. We can be there at that moment where they start to change, where the, they start to settle when the dark trolls become the night elves. Uh, we could start talking about the creation of Karazhan, which is another thing that feels like the Bronze Dragonflight would be incredibly interested in figuring out. Because unlike everything else, it was created in the future and is traveling backwards through time. That seems like something that they would want to be on top of. And sending us to go investigate wouldn't be the most out of left field thing to to, to really do. You start looking at moments like that. Maybe you go back to the moment that Yasharaj was plucked out of the, the ground. Maybe you go back. We've already gone back to the Black Empire a little bit. Maybe we have to go back and, and figure out a few more things in those it, it, that happened during the, the Black Empire before the Titans came to Azeroth. Like, there are so many things that you could experiment, but you always do it from a lens of these are, for lack of a better term, fixed points. These are events that we know happened. And so our job is to make sure that they happen. And I think that's that's how you make it more palatable or believable for the player base because I think players are fine with that when it happens. Like going back to Mount Hyjal and participating in that as a raid event was absolutely phenomenally fun, but we also know what happened because it's the events of Warcraft 3. We were literally there to make sure it happened, right? And I think that's when players feel the most comfortable with time travel. And you can do a lot of really interesting storytelling around there, because while we're trying to make those events happen, other forces are trying to make those events not happen or happen in a different order. And I think you can have your conflict, you can have your story moments, you can have your buildup, and I think everybody would be kind of okay with that. And also, we haven't really done much with the uh, the Cavern of Time in a while, and I'm, I kind of missed that place. It was a lot of fun. What do you think, Matt?
0: Oh, I completely do it absolutely differently than you. Go for it. Lay it out. Uh, first off, absolutely no such thing as a paradox, predestination, none of that. Go on, garbage. Throw it on the heap, bored with it. Uh, instead, you really play around with the fact that you are time traveling. And that means you are not limited to cause and effect. Uh, one of my greatest examples is the end of Bill and Ted's uh, bogus journey. <laughs> when Donomalos Denom- shows up and they have their confrontation and they're like, oh, yeah, we'll just go back in time and do this. And then he's like, well, "Ah, but I will, you know, do this." And they're like, "You, you forgot, we win, so you don't get to do that." And they pu- they'd put a prank gun in just to to mess with him, play around with the idea that you are stepping on, in and out of time. It'd be like imagine a chessboard. If you had to be like, if you were limited to each square one at a time, like if I, uh, this square, then this square, then this square, then this square, but a normal chess player can just use the chessboard, that kind of thing. So. Like you could literally have a quest line that takes you from the ancient past to the future, then back to a different part of the past, then to you know now, then to the future again, then back to the past. There's no reason to limit things to just, oh, we have to go back and make sure things happen. Because if, if we've already found out that things didn't happen that way somewhere else, we've already seen that. We've been to Draenor. We know that if things don't go the way they're supposed to, that's just another timeway. And we don't have to worry about it. It'll just be over there being its own reality. And sometimes we're even told this, I think it's in Thrall, the, the Thrall book. We're even told that sometimes those alternate timeways spin out for a while and then come back and just get reabsorbed. Mm-hmm. And they just don't last. And, and history transforms into what it was going to be anyway. So, with that knowledge, then you're using time travel not as, you know, we must protect the timeways, we must put right what, what might go wrong. Instead, you're using it literally as just a place to go and have fun adventures. You know, yeah, we're going to go back to then. Yeah, the infinite dragonflight are up to no good, whatever. We'll just go stop them. And while we're there, we'll ride some dinosaurs. Um, that's my thinking on how I would do it. In terms of making it palatable for players, you make it palatable for players in this scenario by saying, you know, if you think, you know, if you if you think to yourself, you know, you know, you know, think to yourself, it's just a show, I should really just relax. Think to yourself, it's just a game, I should really just relax. Like that. You don't have to worry about any of this. Nothing is going to change when you go back to, to Azeroth in the present day. It will still be there. Even if you blew Azeroth up, it'll still be there. Uh, the Azeroth you blew up was a different Azeroth. That doesn't mean it won't be bad for us when the survivors of our, the Azeroth we killed show up looking for vengeance. That's going to be a problem, but it's a problem we can solve with our time travel. We'll just go back and stop ourselves from blowing up Azeroth by killing ourselves. But what happens to us now? Oh, yeah, we'll be fine. Okay. And, and that, I, would, I would party with it. I would have fun. Uh, but if that's too out there, and I think it would be too out there for a lot of people, the other alternative is, I think, a lot simpler. Go forward. Don't go to the past at all. Don't show the past. Don't do anything with the past. Strand the players in the future.
1: Which we kind of so, already have a little bit of groundwork laid for that,
0: right? Yeah. strain the players in the future. Strand the players way in the future. And now they don't have any way of knowing what happened between when they left and now. Because the people there, to them, it's like, it would be like, imagine asking a modern American, you know, what happened to, you know, Pharaoh Sephiroth They're like, Who? Like, it's so far in the future, nobody knows anything about us. Nobody remembers our lives. People barely remember the Alliance and the Horde, that they even happened. And then you, you play around with that. Like, you know, what is this place? Is it actually the future at all? And can we get back? How do we get back? The problem with any kind of story like that, of course, is that it's hard to strand people anywhere because they need to have access to the stuff that makes the MMO work, like auction houses and cities and so forth but I feel like there are ways around it. And I would really like to see, imagine if we skipped forward to the future that we see in the Anduin comic where a really old Anduin is leading like the last remnants of what looks to be like, you know, everybody against, you know, a, a resurgent Sargeras and the Legion. We could end up doing that. Like and, and Anduin's like, yeah, it all went to hell. And then you're like, okay, is this one of those times where we have to just go back and pretend we didn't see this? Like, can we change this future? Should we change this future, or should we just help them win now in this future, and then go back to our time and just un- be aware that the inevitable is going to happen? Or should we just say f that and, and and make sure it never happens in the first place? You know, there's there's ways to do it that I think I feel like going back in time is is just it's fine for tourism, but it always ends up being like you know people are always like weirded out by it. So that's just my two cents. I Plus, I can- want to I want to do the whole thing with Van finally i want to see yeah i really want i really want to
1: do that too because i mean that that's it's i don't want to say an unresolved thing but like it is an well no i will say it it is an unresolved thing we we went to argus we did a bunch of stuff in argus and then we left we we how is argus getting on like is how's the resistance doing uh it's still got a whole void corrupted half. Do we have to deal with that at some point? Like we can go back there and 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 deal with that, and I would be happy with that. But that's well, actually
0: also- an interesting point you did, you bring that up because we didn't even direct deliberately leave Argus. No, we just got yanked along to the yep. seat of the of the, prof- the seat of the uh, pantheon, and then we had to run and jump through a portal to get back home. Yep. And like you know, we didn't have a choice in this, but now it's like the portal's gone, so we can't just go back. How far away is Argus? Yep. You know, maybe you'd have to time travel to go back there. And that's an interesting thought. If you have to, in order to get back to Argus, you have to time travel back to just before the portal gets closed, go through it, and now you're there with the portal gone. You have to do whatever you have to do. Then you have to go back in time to when the portal was still open and come back through it again. And so you could end up jumping back and forth in time just to travel to Argus,
1: which would be really fascinating, honestly. Like, that could be really cool. But again, I, I'm going to keep advocating for us you know, having the Fallout expansion where we deal with everything that we haven't dealt with and just kind of swept under the rug or, or ignored and Argus being one of them. And if time travel is involved with it, I'm okay with that too. But I think that's it for that question. Unless there's anything else you want to add, Matt?
0: I will, I will say this. I will say this much. Time travel is pretty flexible in terms of how you use it. Um, one of my favorite stories that's not time travel, but which is similar to time travel, uh, is a Superman story called For the Man Who Has Everything. Mm. And in it, you see a Clark Kent, who is now Kal el who's lived on Krypton his whole life, never left it. Krypton is still there. Uh, and his, you know, you see like what would have happened. What if, what if things had changed? What if these things had happened? And it's only by the end of the story that he realizes, oh, none of this is real. This didn't happen. You can do that with time travel. They, there's a show called Yes, a Star Trek episode called Yesterday's Enterprise that does this exact thing. Where they're like, something happened, the ship, the Enterprise C ended up here, and it shouldn't have been here, and as a result, history changed, and we've lived the entire life we've lived, and in some cases, lived past the point where we died, hasn't been real. Like, none of this is real. It's not the way it's supposed to be. And that's a thing you can do in time travel that I don't think we've seen enough of. Like, all of the time travel stuff we've done, really, the actual time travel stuff, has always been going back in time and stopping things from changing it. Mm -hmm. But we've never had things get changed and then had to go back and fix it. It's never been, oh, they went back and they killed Varian in his crib. So there's no Varian. So, you know, none of the stuff that he did happened. So the Legion, you know, had an easier time when they invaded. And, you know, it's like, how do you... Like, do you go back and and change it? Obviously, if it's a situation where the life is a hellscape, then yeah, absolutely. People are always going to be willing to. But what if you make it complicated? What if, okay, they went back and killed Arthas. And so, yes, the, you know, as a result of this, the jailer is still out there and hasn't triggered his plan yet because Arthas never became the Lich King. And Ner'zhul is just sitting up there and because, you know, he wasn't Arthas, he didn't you know, who did he get to try and free himself? What did he do? What, what, how did history change? Maybe it seems better for Azeroth, at least for some people. Like, did, did the Horde get freed? You know, it, one of the reasons the Horde managed to get established was that the Alliance was busy with, with Lord Aron's utter collapse. Mm-hmm. They couldn't really afford the man in time to stop, you know, thrall and a bunch of orcs from stealing some boats and leaving. But if that wasn't happening, if, arthas died young then what i mean one thing to think about is that if arthas dies young then the closest oh. thing that uh well go ahead let's see what you're going to come up i with.
1: mean i was on that same thing instead of dying young what if that moment where uther walked away he didn't walk away he brought the hammer down on arthas that would be a ton of ripples
0: yeah i was actually thinking though if arthas had died whatever however he died who's the closest thing that that uh Terranus has to a son then yeah. It's it's Variant.
1: Yeah. And not and only so now, And not only that, like how does that affect Jaina? How does that affect Uther? Like how does that how does, how does that it affect, affect Kalia? How yeah.
0: Was Kalia have to step up and be everything now?
1: Yeah, because at that Was point Calia she- Kalia doesn't go through the trauma that she went through. Her her child doesn't and husband don't die. Uh yeah. she's she's not left for dead. Uh she doesn't go into hiding. Does she now she becomes the queen? Does she marry varian
0: yeah like what what do you get like from certain perspectives this would be like an absolute paradise from horde perspectives the the, the get wiped out because the the orcs don't come and help them mm-hmm. the dark spear trolls don't get helped they're still slaves of the sea witch uh you know it's it'd be like a it'd be a really different world the, the night elves never have a reason to come out of their isolation so they're still like you know with their thumbs up their butt what happens when the when uh the old gods start, you know, kicking again when uh oh Ch- Chogal starts freeing them because that the first war would have still happened so Cho'Gal would still be running around but there's no horde there's no like
1: we'd be greatly defense. diminishing our defenses
0: yeah so it would look really great until the bad stuff started happening and if you if you go there at a time when the bad stuff hasn't happened yet or isn't obviously it's it's like you know it's hidden below the surface but they're still working on their plan you'd be like, do I want to change this? Like we could just go and stop them now before they get to do anything. And now we've got this perfect world. And meanwhile, if you're an orc, you're like, so my people are just dead. Like, no, 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 no. They're all in camps. Like still, you still have my people in camps. Like in Detroit and the Torren's like, yo, but my people are dead. Yes. You are. You know, it's, it's like, this could be like a really big, you know, like, like story wise. It's like, you have to say, okay, it, you do know I even it, want to change this?
1: You know what it reminds me? It reminds me a lot of and not to bring this back to comics, but we always seem to kind of bring it back to this because why, why not? The what if comics were always some of my favorite comics growing up, at least the ones in the 90s. Uh, and to me, they were better than most of what was going on at the time because they explored the hero space. They explored different things that could possibly have happened Um what if Gwen Stacy never died as an example, or what if Peter Parker became uh, the Punisher? Like uh, there, there's so many of them. What, what if uh, Captain America never got frozen in ice? What if Iron Man never got taken captive? Um, They they explore a lot of these, the space back then. And it made for some very interesting elseworld and storytelling from a perspective of these are things that at the time, fans of the heroes didn't think about. They didn't think about these, these moments and, or, or sometimes series of moments that happened that formed the character that they really loved. Now you could do a lot of that with what you're talking about, right? You can explore that, that space of, I don't want to call it the in between, but you can explore that space of uh, a, a million tiny little ripples change things and yes, you're maybe correcting horrible events or that somebody somebody stops a horrible event from happening, but does that mean a worse event happens later?
0: Yeah, like another thing, this is actually where I feel like uh, Warlords of Draenor dropped the ball. Like I, my problem with Warlords of Draenor isn't that it's a time travel story or that it's not a time travel. My, my problem is that they didn't make a explicable this is different, mm-hmm. you know? like And it kind of, they did in that it's, you know Garrosh shows up and convinces the Horde to say no to the Legion but then it should have it should have been a situation where you'd have more push pull on whether or not you need to stop them from doing what they're doing like they shouldn't have come, they shouldn't have come through and it's exactly it's just like only 5 years after Garrosh did that they should have come through and it's the exact same chronologically synced up to now so it's that world at the same time you know 30 years after that hell happens in the modern day with, like, you know, what does, what does that look like? What's going on with this iron horde that, that conquered the world? What's the deal with, like, you know, War Chief Grom, who's, like, this grizzled old warrior? Uh, the the Drenai have been pushed to the side, but they haven't been wiped out as thoroughly because <clears throat> they said no to Gul'dan, and I've been using him like a magic battery for their, you know, army for over the years, so they're not as dedicated to wiping the Drenai out. They'll kill them or enslave them sure but they're not like you know they don't hate them personally all that much they just want to rule the world you know because that's how they view the world as something you have to conquer uh and what if one of the differences was there's no duraton and there never was duraton you know they a lot of stuff can happen to a kid what if duraton and orgrim never met didn't become friends and duraton ended up dying in one of the adventures he went on Mm -hmm. and now you have a different world and it's like there's lots of reasons why you might want to stop it, but lots of reasons why you might not. If you're a horde, you know, you might, if you're an orculum, you might be like, why would I want to change this? I don't, we don't become demon possessed. We don't, you know, don't drink the blood. This is like an ideal situation for us. And sure, you know, okay, it, it's bad for some people, but for us, it's, it's great. I feel like they could have done more with that. They could have tried to make it more less. Uh, you know, this is a time travel story because people felt like it was because it was, you know, at a point in time when all this stuff is happening. And more, this is an alternate world. This is a different place where different things happened. Um, and preserve all the other changes that you already have. Like preserve the fact that in this one, Nurzul's, you know, wife wasn't dead. Uh, preserve in this one, you know, Garrosh was never born at all. Uh, and if Durotan dies as a young man, no thrall. And you know, you still have, you know. Um, I can't remember uh, who, what's Stroll's mother's name. I just can't forget it. I remember it all of a sudden. Draka. We, we met her and she, Draka. Thank you. Like you, you still have Draka, and you know maybe Draka did something. Maybe Draka ended up, you know, marrying somebody else or not marrying anybody and just becoming like a, a fearsome warrior. You could do a lot of different stuff with it that they didn't do. I feel like they didn't. My biggest problem with Warlords of Draenor, in other words, is that it didn't go far enough. It, it, it stayed too close to it. If you had moved it in a different way it wouldn't have looked like a time travel story nobody would have thought it was a time travel story they would have recognized what it was
1: yeah and i think you got a good point there right like i think warlords of draenor being everybody seems to really think that it is a a time travel story when it really legitimately is not they could have done more to to maybe differentiate that so uh, yeah i could see that all right i think we got time for one more here uh this one is from our friend Vertigree. Uh, so how does the postal system in WoW work? I hear Dalaran has something to do with it, and their postmaster seemingly got so lost, she just ended up in Tazavesh. But I really appreciate that no matter what dimension, timeline, or planet I'm on, the mail relevant to my own personal timeline always finds me. How does this remarkable service function? Do you have ideas, Matt?
0: I mean, I mean, you remember back when we were like actually going to mailboxes inside uh, Stratholme. Not Strath, yeah, was Stratholm. Strath, and to to get the uh, the postmaster, you know, set and all the weird stuff that happened around that. Um, Whether or not, I I honestly haven't seen the Dalaran thing in Tazavesh. I just, you know, just you you can't see everything. I missed that. It's it's part
1: of the encounter, so that's why uh, Katie Stamp Whistle shows up in the the mailroom fight.
0: But you know, regardless, there's a lot of other. You know, it's certainly it's fair to say that you know magic is involved in the postal service of of you know both factions. Uh, just because you know if I mail something to myself or to one of my other characters i it gets here immediately if the auction house takes an hour exactly to get me my money if i you know if, if I sell something on it or t- you know but it immediately gets my my purchase to me, which I think is fascinating i, I definitely think there 's a there 's a magical n- nature to it, and certainly dollar and if they 've established that that makes sense uh, but I also think that you know the older stuff establishes that it is a system still somewhat used up by people like there are people working on this system and that's why sometimes you get a magical postman trying to beat you to death uh because you tried to take his clothes out of the mail um he was undead. Oh, yeah yeah he was undead but you know he still wanted his clothes he didn't want to be naked and undead uh so yeah i i i don't I don't know how to put this. I don't think it's a bad idea or anything. I, I think it's cool that they did that with Dalaran, but I'm not up on exactly how it's supposed to work. I remember the Tazavesh thing, though. That's that's interesting. about. Maybe they've been involved in our mail this whole time.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's entirely possible. I mean... That it's been entirely tied up with magic, it could also be something that the dragons have been helping with for a while because you raise a very good point uh interdimensional beyond the barriers of time and space uh we find ourselves getting our mail, you know you get your mail in the Shadowlands, you get your mail if you're on uh argus you get your mail if you're on a spaceship hovering over argus uh you get your mail if you're back in time you get like it's a thing that happens and i think it might be a concerted effort of you know maybe there's a bronze dragon and a blue dragon out there that were just like yeah they can go fight and stuff like that this seems like more more reasonable i'm just going to you know make sure that they get their mail cuz they they can deal with that. I don't want to deal with that. I'm I'm good.
0: I'm thinking about like going back to 2017. I remember those quests. Do you remember the one like this one where you have to get somebody their invincible's reins cuz they forgot to loot them? Do, do you remember that? Yeah, okay. The priority delivery, uh someone has forgotten to loot invincible's reins and you must return it to them. Uh, and then you fight with Ethereal's In- hoping to ninja loot it. So you have to actually go up to the top of Ice Crown and Get the invisible's reins off of the corpse and then give the to the person in question, and then there's like you know there's like a lot of them i i, I they've done a lot of this stuff this is going back to like I don't forget what I think this was legion this was legion, I think, right,
1: yeah, I think so, yeah,
0: so it's kind of established that Dalarin's involved and they're doing magical stuff, um, I think they might not be the only ones, like I think that they might actually be some bronze dragon involvement uh oh, that's weird to think about actually, No. I- like. <laughs> It's just, it is interesting to, to think about, but in general, I don't, I can't say I know anything about it. Like, you know, uh, it's not, he didn't really ask a question. Like he didn't, this is not a question. I guess this, how does this remarkable service function? I have no idea. I mean, how could I, I don't even know they know. I don't, if you look at the quests, at least the ones back in 2017, they don't seem to know how it functioned and they don't seem to care. Like they're just, whatever. I, I got to go loot, um, Arthas and give his poor seed as some girl um so yeah it's you know your your guess is as good as mine <laughs> i
1: mean it could also just be you know what they're programmed to do <laughs> who knows uh i don't think we have confirmation that katie stamp is a, a mortal right we don't know what she is like I she, don't know pre- she, she is. presents as a gnome but she does a lot more than i would expect a normal gnome to, to to do so uh but yeah it's it's one of those things where i we talk often about like what we'd like a downtime expansion to go over. This is one of those things that I am adding to the list, not for, you know, because it's like a cosmic thing that needs to be solved and everything like that. I'm just dang curious. How does the mail work in Azeroth? Let us know. I, I really want to know by now because it really is mind blowing. It is better than ours. That's for, for dang sure. (laughs) All right. But I think that's going to do it for today. Unless there's anything else you want to bring up, Matt.
0: No, um, I think I'm good. At least there's no real way to talk about what I'm thinking about.
1: (laughs) All right, folks. Well, Blizzard Watch is made possible. due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzard watch. Your continued support means this podcast signing community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to our podcast, a better chance at having our, your question answered on our podcast with queue and an answering site experience. Uh, if you have questions or topics for the show for us to cover or any of our podcasts, be sure to send those into podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Uh, and if you want to send those in via Discord, we have two channels set aside. Uh, one for our Patreon supporters is a way of saying thank you where we tend to look first, where a bulk of these actually came from. Uh, and that's our Patreon Q and podcast questions channel. And if you're not a Patreon supporter, we understand. Uh, you can hit us up on the Q and Podcast Questions channel. Just make sure you tell us what show it's for. Uh, and again, we appreciate your continued support and listening to us. We'll be back next week.
0: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.